This is your host Peyton with Girls Gone Right. If you want to follow along with the video format, be sure to check us out on YouTube and hit subscribe. Let's discuss. Met via social media mm -hmm. and we went and got coffee one day and we just really hit it off. Like we really we connected. Yeah, we did. We fell in love. <laughs> And I feel like you can meet these people and, you know, it's hard to make friends and it's really hard to make friends that you actually connect with. But when I met Megan, I was like, we had such deep, like good and deep conversation. Yeah. And I was just like, I did, that's like my, I want to be friends with this person and not just like friends or acquaintances. Like I, yeah. I like this person a lot. It's very, it's very hard to meet people that are genuine nowadays, especially with social media, because you're only seeing like a facade of that person yeah. and yet you get glimpses of their personality, but it the meeting somebody in person part is where you really yeah it's hard to meet people that have depth too yeah and i'm like that was like a good conversation i can talk to you about like anything so yes, why not can. just put her on the podcast guys i'm also <laughs> like a big sister yeah because <laughs> i'm way older than you so. but you know i think that this is going to be a good blend and yeah we're here for it. So today we are starting off, we're starting this off really spicy. We're talking about porn. Oh, ow, ow, ow. it's going <laughs> to get deep. No pun intended or pun intended. We'll do it. Um, but this is like, honestly, like a very serious topic. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you make jokes about it, make it lighthearted because you have to, because it's so serious. But porn is a serious problem. And my take on it is I think it's terrible. I think it's caused so much destruction in our culture. Yeah. And we can see it bleeding out into so many areas. And yeah, so let's let's just dive right into it. One of the first things, like, you know, just to right off the bat, something that I really see in this porn culture is uh, it's confusing the biological need for physical touch versus yeah. sexual touch. And those two, those things are very different. They're very different. Um, and I think a, a lot of times young men, I, I say boys, because I still consider teenage boys to be boys. But if they're ingesting this toxic crap, because let's just call it what it is, it's just crap. Yeah. Um, it, it leads them to think that like, well, if I kiss a girl or if I put my arm around her, that's eventually going to lead to something else. Yeah. Or. <laughs> Just a little, a little brush. Or a little pat, you know? Yeah. It's like, where is this? This is going to get me to sex. Yeah. It's more seen as a path to sex versus a path to connection. Yes. And I think yeah. that this is, porn is destroying us in the sense of, like our biological needs. It sort of rewires brains, like neurologically. To me, like this is what I see it as. It is so terrible and toxic. But when, you know, we have biological needs and we have wants and desires and it's the Maslow's hierarchy of need, like you do need physical touch. That's very, yeah. very important. But when you are using that for sexual touch instead of, you know, intimacy can be different. It's not all, intimacy doesn't always lead to sex. It should lead to connection. And then sure, connection can lead to sex. But I think we are like, you know, in the dating culture too, you know, they think that the touch, the holding hands, well, we kissed and when am I going to get a, when am I going to have sex instead of, am I having this connection? It's just building my connection. Yeah. Like truly physical touch is there to connect and sex is an action that can be used to connect, but I don't think that should come before the other. You shouldn't use sex as like, you know, 
a, a vehicle to pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does, obviously, it's for pleasure, but I think that the main thing is connection. And if you're using it for pleasure only, if you're pleasure-seeking, not connection-seeking, that's when it gets very dicey and toxic. It does, and I think there's definitely a biological difference between men and women and the emotional connection from physical touch versus sexual touch. And, I mean, I can't speak for a man because I'm not a man. I'll never be a man. <laughs> but I, as a woman, it's nice for, like, your man to come up behind you and, like, put his arms around you because it feels sweet. You feel yes. a different type of emotion. You feel kind of desired, but you also feel, like, loved and cared for versus he's only touching me because he wants to get in my pants later. Yeah. Um, But the emotional need of connection also has to be there. So when you're talking about that neurological difference and the biological differences of men and women, women are very emotional. (laughs) I just saw a movie and cried my (laughs) eyes out. Um, But yeah, women are emotional. So we oftentimes think... I just want my man to caress my arm or hold my hand or put his arm around. It's the gesture of sweetness. That's exact. That's a great way to put it. Versus versus this man is trying to have sex with me. Yes, and that feels icky. Like if you are, you know, going on a date with someone and they're just touching you, and it's like you know that they are doing that just for sex. It feels icky. It gives you a nasty feeling. Like this person only wants to have sex with me for pleasure. They're only yeah. using it for their own desires yeah. and not to connect with me or they're making out with me, but like they just want sex. Like, you know that that feels dirty. Yes. And that's, I think it, you see it in the dating culture too. If someone's just using you to hook up, that feels dirty. And I think that that's like where you see that issue with the physical touch versus connection is that, that doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel good to receive and it shouldn't feel good to do. No, no. I said it better than I could. <laughs> It's true. But it is, I do think that it's taking away from the connection in the sense that, you know, you have people in relationships and marriages and just single people, instead of seeking that connection with humans in person, they are going to a computer Mm. to get their pleasure, their pleasure filled, to get that serotonin, to get that boost, to feel good, to feel something when, you know, because it's instant gratification, you can get that pretty quickly. Sure, you could go on a porn site and watch something really disgusting and disturbing and get off on that. And that's that's gross. But I think that it's the issue of that's what people are choosing to do versus finding that connection in person, building something that feels good in a different way. You can find serotonin in other things. Shoot, you could go work out, but you could find a relationship and love someone and have that connection. And you could feel that same amount of serotonin that you could get from watching something nasty on the internet versus spending a night in with someone that you love and cuddling and like, you know, feeling that sense of happiness. And that lasts a lot longer than that doing whatever it is you're doing on the internet on exactly. Pornhub. Because that, that's temporary. Yeah. Versus something that is real and authentic, that you're creating moments with your partner or your husband or your wife, your spouse, whatever, whoever it may be that you care for so deeply. When you look at a screen to get off and that's where you go to get off and not your partner, that's a temporary thing that is never going to be real for you. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Instead of creating the connections that you're talking about. Those are real. Yeah. That's not real. That's lasting. Yeah. 
that's something that you can actually have. And I think that this is the problem that it, the porn addiction turns into, right? Is you can never get enough. You will never feel enough from that. So obviously it turns into an addiction, right? Like you're yes. seeking it, you're doing it all the time. Yeah. And it's taking over your life in a sense that you feel the need to keep doing this, to do it behind people's backs, to hide it from people because you can't stop. And you want to know why you can't stop is because you're not getting pleasure or you're not feeling fulfillment from anywhere else in your life. And this is only temporary. Like Megan said, this is a temporary feeling and it's net, it's not something that builds on each other. Like you would in a relationship, like you would find having a relationship with someone and having that physical touch and that connection and that love that builds that getting off on the internet, watching porn that does never, that not, it doesn't build. It's not ever going to no. become an immense thing. It's just, you know, you're going to do it and you're going to keep doing it. And then you're going to feel empty when you like, you know, you've sat on that for a while. It's been a few hours or, you know, whatever your addiction is, you're going to feel empty. And then you're going to feel the need to keep doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, you feel empty. And like I said, again, it's not real. And then feeding on the addiction part of it is people with compulsive disorders like OCD or compulsions, they're trying to fill a void. And that void oftentimes is them trying to deal with the anxiety. And I think that people that divulge themselves in porn, uh, they know it's not right. Yeah. They know that they're doing something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that shame and guilt. So then they live with that. And then they're going to the same place again to find comfort in their discomfort and and their anxiety. Yeah. Which is really sad. That's a really good point. And it's an escapism. Mm -hmm. You're clearly, I don't think porn is, you know, just a thing that you're watching or, you know, dang it, I just can't stop doing it. I think, and maybe if I just delete the app, my problem is gone. I think it goes down to a deeper thing. Porn is a symptom of something deeper. You have something else going on in your life and whether it's porn or alcohol or drugs or you know, something that you're addicted to that you need to keep doing it to get that serotonin boost. It's a symptom of something deeper, that something is broken in your life, that you're not feeling fulfilled. You're not feeling like nothing's bringing you pleasure in life, like on its own. Like you need, you feel like you need something to do that, to get that rush. And, you know, it's stop, like you can stop watching porn and delete the apps, but you're still going to fit, like you're still going to feel that because you're trying to escape. And what are you trying to escape? What is so broke? What are you missing in your life? What is so broken that you feel like you need to escape? It's, I mean, it's an addiction. And I've, I've had family members that have dealt with addiction, not porn, but other things. Yeah. And it, it is so damaging, not for just the person with the addiction, but the people associating with this person or their family, their friends, anyone that loves this person, it can be incredibly damaging in those relationships. So you're not only damaging yourself um, with the addiction, the people around you are also suffering because they don't know how to help you. Because in the end, if you want help, you'll have to get help yourself. So as you said, deleting the app it's only a temporary fix. You still have to address what is really going on in here and in here. And until you do that, there is no solution. So you have to seek help. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. I started therapy. 
I'm 33 years old and I just started therapy. I'm like, why haven't I been doing this? Yeah, it's, I, I also went to therapy and not that I felt like anything was like so broken in my life that I needed it. It was more so just, I wanted, first of all, my work gave me free sessions. So I'm like, I guess I'll go. Fine. If I'll, perk. I'll, I'll, yeah, perk, I'll use it. I mean, shoot, let me get my money's worth it. Yeah. Stop by and see what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm like, you know, I felt like, I'm like, I don't think that anything's wrong with me, but I'm biased. So like, let me just get an outsider's opinion. Yeah. And it was interesting because like the first 20 minutes, she's like, I don't know why you're here. Like you seem you're fine. You're perfect. Yeah. She's like, you, honestly, <laughs> it, she, it, it was so funny because I don't know how legit this thing was. It was an online thing. And she was like, at first was like, you're fine. Like I, I'm taking notes from me. You seem very emotionally intelligent. And at the end, she was like, I'm going to need to see you again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, fair. I think oh, that I good. needed to hear that's it from so someone good. else. Oh, and God. you just like, it is good to seek that. I, I think that therapy is great. And I think that, you know, we all have something and I think it's good to like seek help and talk to someone. And if, especially if you're going through an addiction, you can't have someone break your addiction for you. Mm-hmm. You can't have a reason, like you can't just be like, oh, well, like mm-hmm. I'm doing it for you. You have to do break the addiction for yourself and you have to have that sense of self value and self love and respect. And like, I respect myself enough to never do this again, to yeah. get away from this, to want better for myself. And I think that that goes for addiction and that goes for anything in life. If you want better for yourself, you want a good life, you want to significantly approve what you're doing, you have to have that respect and walk away from things that aren't serving you, that aren't good for you, and walk that path. And I think, you know, it all comes down to, like, it can, like, it's this sense of, I guess, like, it leads to depression and you know, you don't have that respect and you don't love yeah. yourself. I think that's, we see that a lot in culture and that's why people are turning to these things and it turns into an addiction very quickly. Like you're watching porn, it turns into an addiction very quickly because a lot of people don't have the serotonin in their life. And it, it's not even just porn. I think that people get addicted to social media very quickly. People get addicted to drinking or doing drugs very quickly nowadays versus, you know, 50 years ago, only because we don't have a lot of, a lot of people don't, ha- it's, serotonin isn't as widely like seen as it is as it was back then like we don't have a lot of things that bring us that permanent happiness we have a lot of things that bring us the instant gratification yep so i think that especially nowadays it's you can become very addicted to things and i think it's because you know you don't have that sense of love and you don't have that sense of fulfillment in your life or purpose because of all these other toxic things going on in society maybe even a community like you don't yeah. Get yourself a group of friends that will distract you and find a confidant, somebody that you can talk to outside of maybe a therapist yeah, or a psychologist, somebody that you trust that you can open up to and call that person whenever you feel these urges, mm-hmm. whether it be porn, whether it be alcohol, it doesn't matter. Everyone yeah. suffers from from something. So if you surround yourself with people that really care about you, they're they're going to be there for you. But it, it it does turn into a snowball effect if you don't take care of it because you have your problem, then you have your friends that might know about your issue. Your family definitely knows about your issues. They know everything. They know all. And when I said something earlier about it affects and, and becomes so damaging for the, all those relationships, you're creating this huge snowball. And by the end of it, it can become so destructive, yeah. not just for you, 
but for everybody around you. And then you created this ginormous hole that you cannot get out of. It's going to become harder to get out of it if you don't address it and not necessarily take care of it, but work through steps to get better with it. Yeah. You can't just take care of something like that. It takes work. You have to put in the work. Yeah. And like these things do snowball, like when you let it bleed out like that. And I think it becomes even more fearful to address because everyone Mm -hmm. knows what's going on. You're afraid of lapsing, of failing, of getting out of this addiction and struggle that it becomes something way bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Um, go ahead. um, (laughs) You know, I think like with watching porn, it turns into another really toxic thing about it is it's worshiping yourself, you're falling at the altar of self to seek pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, people with addictions are very selfish. And it it's not because I've seen somebody have very, very close to me go through an addiction. It It's not malicious. It's it's a sickness. And it's it's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to sit back and watch that. But it, it's a sickness. It yeah. really, really is. It's it's sad. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I think that, you know, I don't know that I've ever been addicted to like anything. anything. And yeah. so like I can't fully relate, but I think that I've been in mental places where I feel like I'm seeking some sort of serotonin. Like I'll go out with my friends a lot or just, you know, have a lot on my social calendar so I don't have to sit at home with you know, the reality of how I feel. Yeah. So I think I can relate in that sense that sometimes it's really hard to address your reality. And that's what a lot of these toxic movements going on are is denying reality, transgenderism, watching porn, addictions, doing drugs. It's not wanting to live in the reality that you have. So I think that I can relate in the sense that, you know, if you have something going on and it's heavy or you're in a spot in life and it's just not where you want to be, it's hard to be in that reality and accept that reality. So you do things to get away from it. You're escaping. Yes. And the fact that a lot of people with addiction can't sit, like you said, in their reality, but also they can't sit with their discomfort. Yeah. And the reality, as you said, that they have a problem and they don't want to address it. Um, whether that be just sitting in silence, like we heard that yeah. one guy say, or just the mindfulness of it. But they're so afraid of what will happen if they address it. Because of the addiction, when you take it away, they feel like they won't have anything. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. That's what they cling to when they get uncomfortable because they have anxiety or depression. So that's their fix. That's their itch, yeah. just like a drug. So when they feel the need, like, I want to get off. I'm going to go yeah, watch I porn. Can't, I can't, like, sit I'm here. Like, take and my just... phone to the bathroom and yeah. go, and, you know. And the <laughs> depression and anxiety and all of those things that come with addiction, and especially in porn, I think that you're depressed because, you know, like we have said many times, it's a temporary fix of getting, like, feeling, it's not even happiness. It's bringing you temporary serotonin. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're living in a cycle of life and you're only getting temporary serotonin, you're not actually happy with where you're at in life. You don't feel joy but you have something that just gives you a quick boost in every now and again, you become depressed. Like, what do you have to look forward to? 
No, I mean, nothing. It, yeah. Depression to me is like, you don't like your reality. No. You don't like where you're at in life. You don't like who you are. You're, it's, you don't want to have that self-reflection because you don't like what that's going to, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you really don't like some things about you. And it leads to depression. Like, I think that they kind of walk hand in hand. It's a very dark place. And I, it might even tie into insecurity. Mm-hmm. Where someone who is addicted to porn might think like, well, no one else is going to want me. Yeah. No one else is going to like the way that I look. Mm -hmm. But also what you're watching is not real. And and this can lead into a different topic <laughs> in regards to being on the other side of it in, in a relationship. But what you're watching is not real. It's very unrealistic. So the bodies that you see, not realistic. <laughs> not realistic. Even the body parts that you're seeing are not realistic. Yeah. That, that is somebody that just didn't have anything better to do, to yeah. be honest. They needed a job and they need prayer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But if we want to talk about the being in a relationship with somebody that might be addicted to porn, how that might make you feel yeah. on the other end of it. And for me, if I'm in that situation, it it makes me feel degraded. Like yeah. I feel less than, I feel like, well, this is not doing it for you. Um, I'm never gonna be able to do that. <laughs> and I won't yeah. ever. So if that's what you want, um, I'm out. Like I, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. Like I will. I will try to get you some help if that's what you want. But when you are on the other side of it, and you already have your own insecurities, whether it, it be like it. it just heightens it, whether it be like body dysmorphia, or just not feeling good enough, not feeling yeah. pretty enough, and then you find out that the person that, that you're with, it just hurts. It's like that's. That's what you like? Yeah. You don't like me? You don't love me enough to have an emotional connection, yeah. to be physical, to be intimate? You'd rather do that? Yeah. And I think it's not even the cheating of getting off watching some something else or yeah. someone else. I think it's like, also, you're kind of like cheating your connection. Like, instead of having that intimate moment, with you know, a wife or a significant other, yeah, you're getting off on something else, someone else, some stranger on the internet. And, you know, besides the fact that it's showing a lack of respect for yourself, your relationship, it's also like you did that. And instead of having a moment and like pursuing a connection with me and wanting that with me and having a conversation about that with me is like, maybe you desire something more. You're going to just like, band-aid it up and like, you know, hide it all. Yeah. And like pursue, like, you know, I, there's something broken in my relationship right now where in me, but instead of me fixing it, I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. When you, so. when you don't have an, emo so there is such a thing as emotional intimacy mm -hmm. and the intimacy part of emotional intimacy is not what you think it is. It is being able to sit down and connect yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Telling each other how you feel. Not like a therapy session. Just asking your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, how was your day? 
Well, if they said it was a bad day, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you're on an emotional connective plane, then the physical intimacy shifts because you're connected. You're connected. Yeah. And I think that's so important too in relationships that maybe we're not seeing a lot of because of this hookup culture, because mm-hmm. of this dating scene that we're unfortunately in in 2023. It's become I don't terrifying. Feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's terrifying and I think it's because no one's seeking that emotional in, emotional intimacy. People are seeking physical intimacy, quick fix and done on to the next, but it kind of just is a it degrades what an actual relationship is because to me, I think having a relationship and connecting with someone is the best feeling ever. I have so much respect for relationships and like I've, you know, having good relationships, I know how beautiful that is to have that strong emotional connection and to be able to trust and have all of these good things in one person that you're focusing on growing. And it just makes everything so much better. Like if you have a really, really good relationship, it just makes everything so much better in life. And that's what a good relationship should do. And I think in this dating culture, a lot of people just aren't seeking that. They just want a quick fix. They want their quick serotonin boost and on to the next, like, ooh, I gotcha. Scored another girl onto the next type thing. I, I don't know what that's about. And I think that's so confusing. So I'm like, why, why would you give that physical intimacy? Like you're just gonna give that up real quick for what? And to me, what is really the trophy, what is really the big win is finding someone and having that deep emotional connection. Yeah. And let me say, relationships, there is no perfect relationship. And there is no easy relationship. Relationships and marriages take a lot of work. And both people have to be willing to put in that work. And when you lack in the emotional connective part of it, it's really hard to come back from that. If you've been in it for a very long time or whether or not you're just getting started. So for you, my advice would be if it's not there emotionally right off the bat or within a few months, I would say it's not, it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. So do you think that the growing of, you know, porn users and just porn being so easily accessible because it's like only fans. You have basically porn on Instagram. You see mm-hmm. it so much. Do you think that this has infiltrated dating culture now and like, you know, how people perceive relationships? 100%. And the sad thing is, is that there are also really nasty people out there creating bot accounts that post nothing but nudie pictures yeah. on Instagram and Instagram's not policing that. You can just you can report it. They don't they don't yeah. do anything. They don't do they want it there. And I think, and I'm guilty of this too. I always like, I should take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. I really should. I should take a break. And then I don't because I'm addicted to it. I mean, everybody <laughs> is. Um, but it, it everything on the internet has become so sexualized. And it is um whether it be filters mm-hmm. and creating a facade. I mentioned that earlier, a facade of a woman. That woman doesn't look anything like that. Yeah, Her body, you can now contort your body to make it look like something that is not realistic and not real mm-hmm. just to turn a man on 
on the other side of that screen that you don't even know who he is. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting that you said the filters because these filters, you look at them and it's like, you know, giving you a lip tint and making your eyes just like a little more squinted and like giving you contour. It's supposed to make you look sexy. And I think as a culture, we have this identification that these you know, wearing a lot of makeup and looking a certain way makes you sexy. And this is, that gives sex appeal, right? Wear something low cut, wear a dress that hugs your curves just right. And that's sexy. And that's a turn on. And, you know, this is what we've seen, but I think the real sexy is how a woman carries herself. Yes. I think, you know, being not promiscuous, you know, being a woman that holds herself and is classy and elegant and is not tempted by these things, that's sexy as well as a man. If a man is going to respect me and, you know, not hop on, like, you know, hit on me the first right off the bat and respects my boundaries and also has boundaries himself, that's the real sex appeal. The real sex appeal isn't posting a picture, you know, exposing things to anyone that can see it on the internet. Anyone and everybody. Because let me tell you, once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. And that, like, is that sexy to you? Is that, like, sexy that, you know, a man has abs and anyone in the world could go on his Instagram and see that? Versus, you know, also a woman posting and flaunting on OnlyFans. Like, is that sexy to you that, you know, yes, you saw it because you're paying $10.99 a month on OnlyFans, but anyone else could? Like, that's sexy to you that something's that easily accessible. That's not sexy. Well, it's like, also consider these people are probably not even in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. And you if know they why, are, it's we, probably not a healthy one. No. And it, it's really sad to think about because these people are probably very lonely. Yeah. Very lonely. Probably feel very isolated because they feel like, well, I've already gotten myself so deep. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you can fill it with money. I'm sure they make good yeah. money from doing these things. But, like, money only goes, like, you, at the end of the day, you are left with your thoughts and who you are as a person. And you can, there's no escaping that. There's no escaping that. No. And that's really scary. Like, sure, you can go off and start an OnlyFans and do all of these things and be promiscuous and make money from it, make money from showing off your body and having no one respect you and having all these guys in your DMs pursuing you sexually. But just like when you go to sleep at night, you know. Is that really making you happy? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I saw this, um, I think it was on Vox, and it was basically like, they had a couple sit down that one, like one of the person was in porn. Like it was like, you know, relationships in the porn industry or something. And they were like, oh, like, you know, my boyfriend's a porn star and this is like, I'm totally okay with it type thing. And I'm like, the first of all, the porn industry is terrible. Yeah, It's human trafficking. It is pedophilic. It is so disgusting to look at statistics and see what is being searched on searched on these porn websites. It's dad, dad and daughter. It's mom and son, like stepmom and son. That's like, I think the highest thing, the highest thing searched on Pornhub is stepmom and son. And like, to me, like that means people are searching for things that they know is wrong. Like you said, they know it's wrong. They know they shouldn't be doing it, but they're, they're doing these, terrible things that, you know, you know morally is wrong and you're seeking this. And that just shows how deeply broken we are. It's really sad. I mean, there are other topics like bestiality that is disgusting. But the fact that people want to, and it's, it's, 
probably 100% fake. That person is probably not the stepmom, and that boy is probably not her son. <laughs> yeah, they're all actors also. Exactly. So it's... It, it, and that brings us back to the point. It's fake. Yeah. It's all fake. So if you get off on fantasies, then go to your significant other... And, and fantasize together. Like, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be your wife is your stepmom. It can be like Princess Leia in a gold bikini. Like, <laughs> go it for it. Dress up like a little maid. Like, <laughs> whatever. You you create fantasies together. Yeah. Don't go Why are watch you doing something under- gross. Yeah. Like you said, none of this is real. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I think it comes into a way that people like seek that in life. They seek that naughtiness. They think they seek these things that they know are really bad for them and toxic, but we have it in the back of our head. Like, Ooh, well I saw that on the internet. And like, it just seems like, you know, like, uh, forbidden. You want that forbidden thing. That's, you know, biblical stuff right there. Yeah. You think it's, it's forbidden. Now you're, you're tempted. It's that temptation of having something that you shouldn't have and that it shouldn't be this way, but you want it because you know, it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. And you want to see how powerful that you are to over, you know, maybe just put a spell on someone and attract them in like someone that, you know, you shouldn't be like doing this with like, you know, the school teacher and student like that, that's, that's real wrong guys. That shouldn't be happening. That's not a turn on. That's, you know, pedophilic. You're, it's an adult sleeping with a minor. Mm-hmm. It's gross, but I think it's, you put that in someone's mind and we're all exposed to this type of thing. And it's in movies too. It's not just like on um, Pornhub. It's also, we, it bleeds into movies, these naughty things, but it kind of just bleeds into our life too. And like, now you've seen it. Now you know that like, you know, in some fantasy world that that happened, that, you know, maybe now you can have something forbidden too because you're so powerful or maybe you're so, you can cast a spell on people with how charming that you are that you can have your way. Yeah. Well, and porn obviously spans in a wide age range, but I think these young boys, these teenage boys, even boys in their 20s, I think it kind of comes down to parenting. And yeah. I don't, I with the younger, the younger boys, I don't blame them for a lot of it because I see little girls wearing things that are way yeah. Yeah. too, I wouldn't even say mature, but just, just lingerie. Th- they should not be wearing that. Yes. And I'm like looking at their moms going, you let your kid leave the house yeah. with her butt cheeks hanging out. A lot of these toxic things, I'm like, it comes down to parenting. You are not watching your kid. Yeah. Like, you, your kid, it's not even that, it, well, it's on the internet, and I can't take away his phone. Like, well, raise your kid in a way to know that. Yeah, you can. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, raise your kid to know respect. Yeah. Raise your kid to not even respect for, like, also other women and other people, but have respect for yourself. Like, that is, you're not respecting yourself. This is toxic. And, like, find something better to do. No, and, and this is interesting because you and I, before we even started, we're talking about the age difference between us and how I, I grew up in a time mm-hmm. without social media and the internet and with it. And I've seen the changes in genera- generationally and how toxic it has become. And I think when you allow your child a device as sophisticated as this... yeah. 24 7 that's scary you are opening them up to a world of what we're talking about anything nasty and um i remember when when i was younger 
if we saw a girl wearing something with her butt cheeks hanging oh, out gosh. or like, like her boobs hanging out or anything like that, of course, my mom would be like, you would never leave my yeah. house wearing that. Yeah. My mom, Alabama lady. <laughs> It's like it's it's all of the parenting. parenting. My my parents would be like, "You're not leaving the house in those shorts. What are you doing?" Boom! Like, go change and like, like you know, that was the that even was, my that's good brother would say something to my sister yeah. when her freaking butt cheeks were hanging out of something. He'd be like, "Uh, no, go change." <laughs> I think a big difference too is you know when I for most of my childhood I didn't really have technology. I had a Game Boy and hell yeah, uh, <laughs> like really it was like a CD player. It wasn't anything crazy, but for most of my childhood, I was, I also liked growing up not having technology. It made me, when you are growing up without technology, you only see things that exist. Uh-huh. You only th- see things that are in your world. And that is the most beautiful thing because it's very controllable as it should be with children. You should be able to control your children because they're your children. Mm-hmm. Um, fully like, yeah, you shouldn't be able to control adults and monitor everything and censor. But for children, yes, because they are literally children. So like, that's acceptable, but they only are exposed to things that exist. And when they have a phone, things don't even have to exist for them to see it. Well, they just make they're, it up. They're exposed to things that exist if you allow them to be exposed to yeah. the things that exist. So if you take it away... Doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. What a concept. <laughs> Wow, that's good parent. You could just, yeah, the best way to censor your kid is not allow them to have access to these things and then take it away. They'll never see it again. But, and that that can also bring us to a parental parental connection with your children. And if you catch them looking at something that they shouldn't be looking at, it's not just, I'm taking this away from you, you're grounded. You need to sit them down and explain to them why. Yeah. Because that's going to instill values in your child. Yeah, not just be like, well, can't have that. He's like, this is... Wasn't told I just can't have it. That's yeah, like, all I know. This is this is why I'm taking your phone. This is also why you don't need to look at those things. Yeah. Because it could values. do this. It can, yeah. it can lead to this. Yeah. And you don't want that for your life. Yeah. Values. Yeah, respect women. Yeah. Like, respect other people. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's like, I think a lot of, you know, we're not... We don't have a lot of respect in our culture. No, we don't. Self-respect, respect for other people. You can see this on social media with people disrespecting themselves with, you know, what they're posting, what they're going through, all this depression, all this anxiety, all of this. You know, we have so much depression and anxiety and all of these mental health struggles in our culture. And I'm like, why didn't we have that 50 years ago? Why is it so much so right now? If technology makes your life so much better, if what we're doing, you know, all these movements, if that makes you better, then why is there so much more mental illness? If we're pushing feminism so much, if BLM, if all of this is making your life so much better, then why has it not gotten better? Because we didn't have that 50 years ago and everyone was happier. So these movements, nothing's actually working because no one's actually happier. It's, we have created a victim mentality that if you don't, people don't feel valued unless they feel validated mm-hmm. and and their validation <laughs> their validation is in yeah. the form of being involved in a movement that does not benefit them yeah at all which doesn't make any sense to me I, I don't yeah. understand it but these people play the victim they need validation therefore they are becoming self-serving by seeking out 
validation from other people because they haven't been affirmed enough by the people most important to them because the people that mo- that are most important to them are probably telling them the things that they don't want to hear. Like, this is not good for you. Here's why. This is what is good for you. And this is why I think it would be more beneficial for your life to do this. Yeah. They don't like to hear the things that they need to hear. They only want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just shut it off when it's not what they want to hear. Exactly. So, you know, we touched on some good topics. Let's just fire off some rapid questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you think, you know, what about if someone in a relationship, they're like, let's watch porn together? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not into it. And if you're into it, I'm not into you. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, like, have not done that. And I, 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 like, it's honestly, like, I've never even thought about this until... You know, I went on the deep dive of how porn is destroying culture. Yeah. And I've never, like, actually thought about, you know, that people actually do this. Because talking to, like, just some people out in the world, getting people in the DMs, and they're, like, you know, asking these questions. But I'm like, couples watch porn together? Why don't you just do that together? I don't know why you would watch it. Exactly. Like, just do it together. And, I mean, I want to say no shame to those that do, but... Kind of want to shame you. Like, I kind of want to shame you for watching porn. Yeah, I think that's okay. I'm going to shame people for watching porn. Yes, yeah. if you watch porn, I'm shaming you. It's the industry that I don't like. It's the toxic things that it's doing to our culture. It's what it does to your brain. It's not good for your brain. I'm going to shame you if you watch porn. Now, if it if it's a if it's a problem and an addiction, yes, shame. But, but also, yeah, get, get some help. Yes, get help. There's. There's no shame in asking for help. <laughs> yes, there's shame in watching porn, but no shame in getting help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's so interesting, you know, the topic and like some people are not as aware of what's going on in our culture. And those people have no idea that it's not, oh, that porn is doing all of these things. And they're like, well, it's just, it's just a video. It's just on the internet and, and why not watch it? And I wasn't aware of how unaware people were of this going on. So you know me, like on my crazy weekends, I like to go into black holes on the internet and do research and like find these. So like, this is like fun, but I didn't realize that we live in a culture where a lot of people just aren't aware of the culture. (laughs) I'm sounding like Kamala Harris over here, (laughs) circling back (laughs) the passage of time. (laughs) We are in a place right now. And that place is now. And it might not be right now, but it, it is, is in that place now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but it is really interesting. Um, and I feel like, you know, bringing awareness to this and actually having yeah. a conversation about it versus, you know, posting some graphics and telling you about how bad it is or just don't watch it. And it's bad for your mental health. Like having a real conversation. It's a hard conversation. Yeah. It's a tough conversation. And it's an uncomfortable conversation. Especially if you have somebody close to you that yeah, has a problem. It can be very uncomfortable to bring it up. Now I'm like interested, you know, in the dating life, I've just never thought about porn. I just, it doesn't come top of mind when I'm dating or like in really, I just, I I don't know if any of my ex-boyfriends like have like had a porn problem. Or like I just don't know, or maybe they didn't because it was never a problem. I just never talked about it because I just, you know, I thought we all thought it was bad. I thought we were all on the same page, but knowing how you know, common it is for people to watch it. Now I'm going to add that on my list, you know, when dating 
do you watch porn? I, like, is, is this a normal thing? People actually do that. It's like, um, it's giving very 80s. Like, I have my top five <laughs> questions. You get through your first four, and the last one's like, and my last question. You watch porn. Do you watch porn? Oh my gosh, I've never <laughs> even thought to ask anyone that. I just, I just figured that we all, no one liked it anymore. You do speed dating. Oh and every time a guy sits down, she's asking, hey, porn. my name's Peyton. Do you watch porn? <laughs> Straight face. Yeah. I, I but, guess. I'm okay, gonna, you can get up. Okay. Yep. Next. <laughs> Didn't it, like, I really just thought that it was like such a old, like people had it on their VH, VHS tapes. VHS. And, and like would like, you know, flip through Playboy magazines. That's what I think of like when I think porn. But uh, I honestly, guess it's like OnlyFans. It's Instagram. But like that's where it started from. So now I'm like, dang, I didn't know that it was still a thing. But I, yeah. I think that I see it in a different way now because I'm like, it is OnlyFans. It is people on Instagram. Like, is that what men are like seeking? And is that like, yeah. So I guess that's now going to be a question and a concern as if people are engaging in this. But yeah, I'm... I hope that this resonated with you guys, that this was a good conversation and, you know, brought awareness to this, shed light on these things. And, you know, if you think that someone needs to hear this, feel free to share it. Follow us on YouTube so you can actually see our faces and you can see our hand gestures because we're a hand gesture people. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and if you don't like YouTube because they suck, then you can watch us on Rumble. <laughs> Woo, we love Rumble. Yes. And check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right. And you can keep up with us on there and see our post and share our post with other people. Let yes. people know that we're talking about these things. So actually people can hear it. We would love that. Get uncomfortable. Yeah, get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. There's some, if you guys thought this was uncomfortable, there is more where that came from. Oh, yeah. No, oh, we're going to make you guys real <laughs> uncomfortable. It's going to get real. It's going to get real, guys. <laughs> well, thank you, Megan. And we will see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening to Girls Gone Right. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to watch the video format and check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right.